This is the podcast at Clark's Room. It's my thoughts on education, technology, leadership, and life. If you like what you're hearing, please take a minute to like, subscribe, and share. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you for tuning into the podcast at Clark's Room. I am very excited today to be able to talk to one Bill Selleck. Bill, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I am doing all right at the end of a day. You know, I'm excited to get to chat with you for a little bit and uh, pump me back up after a, a long day of running around. So you are a director of technology, correct? I am. I, I direct all the technology. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know people have a very specific idea of what that means. I have a feeling uh-huh. what you do is not that what they think it is. Can you give us a little just snippet into your world? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, every day is super different, but there's two big kind of buckets of how I spend my time and and what I'm responsible for. So um, the one big bucket is uh, all the systems, all the infrastructure, all the wires, all the Wi-Fi, all the printers and, you know, like anything electronic. Um, I've heard other tech directors talk about being the electronic janitor of their school. Um, And that's that's not that's not too far off. Um, you know, so we're, we're building a new building and, uh, we're calling it the hub. It's kind of a makerspace, um, flexible space with lots of cool tools and programming. And, uh, I'm actually in the podcast studio right now. We, uh, we transform one of our spaces already. So, uh, we're going to have some video just over to the right, although no one can actually see it, but I'm pointing to the right. There's a green mm-hmm. screen, some cameras, um, podcast studio with four fantastic microphones. So a lot of my time this year has been, um, actually rewiring the entire school um, wow. because all the wires have to go underground to get to each of the classrooms, each of the buildings. Um, and those have to come from somewhere and they weren't buried deep enough. And so instead of being the the nice, you know, like 48 inches down, like they're supposed to be in the conduit, they were like 12 inches underground. So um, dealing with stuff like that, like repulling wire to an entire school um, and even I say pulling wires, though I did any of it myself. I actually did a tiny bit myself, but, you know, trying to actually figure out how to get the cables from our server room to everywhere. Um, It takes a lot. And then Mm -hmm. the the second other bucket, the one that um, for me is far more exciting, is actually the technology in the classroom, right? So what do we get? Why do we get it? How do we use it? So just working with teachers and students kind of constantly about, you know, how to make school more student-centered, how to make it... um, more interesting it's fun yeah and so you are definitely a pure combination of, of ed tech and it it sounds yeah like. absolutely which which a lot of people don't think there's a big difference but it's it's vastly different yes yes super different or as my first grader would say schmooper different did you teach when you taught were you a kindergarten teacher i did i taught kindergarten for one year so it's kindergarten second grade and then i did music for fourth and fifth graders Wow. See, I I did not know that. How was, um, I always say I taught high school. Mm -hmm. My job was infinitely easier than the kindergarten teacher's job because a kindergartner walks in and they don't know why is that cloud skinny? You know, everything they know Mm -hmm. nothing. And so uh, what was that like? I can only imagine. Um, it was incredible. It was the, the most amazing, fulfilling, exhausting, um, job and, you know, kind of teaching assignment I have ever had. Um, I think second grade is still my favorite grade level because they're old enough that you can actually do some pretty cool stuff with them. You know, I I made Mm -hmm. a music video with my second graders. Um, 
and they can certainly do that really anywhere older than second grade um, and then younger than that they don't they're not able to do as complex projects with you uh, yeah. but the younger you go the more they just love school love each other love you um, and so just having kind of that that joy is really really cool um, I remember just being utterly exhausted at the end of every single day yeah. um so I, I don't miss that part i have like mm-hmm. the utmost love and respect for every kindergarten teacher because it is um like it it takes everything you have every moment of every day um but it's it's incredible it's really really cool i also really love that um students don't know what they don't know yet you mm-hmm. know so i had a, a student that didn't know like he could not recognize his name um and that that was really hard, right? That was like a lot of work, but it didn't get in the way of his interactions with his classmates. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I'm the kid that doesn't know my name. He was just yeah. like, hi, do you like pizza? And they're like, yes, as do I. Let's hang out and talk about pizza. You know, just it was this. Um, it didn't there matter. Wasn't, it didn't matter, right? There weren't the walls of like, I know this and you don't that you get, mm-hmm. you know, even in second grade, you already have kind of that. Oh, for um, sure. Right. You also are a professor, you, and you've been at three different institutions of, of higher learning, um, teaching you know various courses. Uh, what's that like compared to you know K twelve for you? Yeah, so I actually was teaching um, ed tech graduate courses. That was at Azusa Pacific University at the same time as I was teaching kindergarten. Um, wow! And I, I like to actually joke that it actually wasn't that different. Um, in, in actually some pretty amazing ways. Like it sounds like it's super mm-hmm. condescending to grad students. It's actually not, um, yeah. the, the particular bands where you get like the very beginning of school and very end of school. Um, it's not as much about like the grade and the submission and the paper. Um, it's way more about like, what do you care about in life? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Like, let's, let's do something cool together. So it's, it's definitely more of kind of a, a coaching role. Um, and just, you know, for the most part, particularly when it's around masters and educational technology, um, people are stoked to be there, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the, the world is possible, you know, and, um, at the time I was teaching video in the classroom a lot. And that was right when, um, what were those cameras? It was way before GoPros. They were little flip, skinny ones. Flip. The flip phone. The flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flip cameras. Yeah. So, you that know, like Cisco the pre- bought and then destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was like a prerequisite for the course. Um, you had to buy a flip camera and just, you know, that, that whole workflow, like video in the classroom was um, was just on the, the cutting edge. It was way before, you know, smartphones could really mm-hmm. do like legit video editing. Um, and so that was really fun. It was like, you have no idea how to do this. Let's figure this out together. And I could say that same sentence for graduate students with video. And I could say the same thing to a kindergartner, like learning how to sound out words. So mm-hmm. it was um, it was surprisingly fun. Well, teaching is teaching. Like, I mean, I know that sounds super simple, but right, teaching is teaching end right. of the day. Yeah. And, and I always say, you know, a great teacher could teach anything um, because it's not about the content. Um, so what do you think, you know, I, I have two brand new teachers on my, my site this year. Um, and, and, you know, I meet with them somewhat frequently and talk and try to support them. Um, and they, they've both came out of good programs, but they, they both talk like they don't feel like their programs really prepare them. From your perspective, being in the classroom, being, you know, uh, a director of tech, and then also in the higher ed space for education preparation, what what does higher ed need to do? How do they need to shift to be 
um, better preparing new teachers coming out, or can you? Or is it one of those things you just got to jump in the in, jump in the frying pan? Well, yeah, I mean, so you, you always have to jump in the frying pan, right? Um, yeah. I think that that really all school, I would say, like K twenty, can adjust to. Um, it's less about learning this stuff, and it's more about showing your learning and showing your process. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, we can flip this already on its head. And so, like, for new teachers, being able just to document student work is is like so so powerful right because you have all of the steps along the way you have the final product and we you know when you're getting your credential we call it formative assessment but really it's just it's good teaching and if you're trying to actually document student work my goodness like what more powerful way for the student to reflect on their own learning for parents to be looped in on the learning and then for just the community at large to share out, you know, like chunks of that on social media, kind of however fits your school's culture. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's there's so many upsides of being able to just document student work, um, share and reflect on it. Um, so I, I think that as educators, that's, that's such low hanging fruit that we are just constantly leaving on the tree as it were. Um, mm-hmm. But then if we, if we kind of reverse engineer that, in credential classes, in master's classes, in college classes, in high school classes, in middle school classes, probably even in elementary classes, you know, just the the more showing, less listening, right? More creating, less consuming. All all of those kind of ways of thinking about um, student understanding and and making that learning and thinking visible. Um, I, I think that that's the switch we need to make. Uh, so we can do that as teachers, and then as credential students you know that's that's a pivot mm-hmm. that that's pretty easy you know it's hard to actually implement but the idea of it i think is actually pretty simple yeah yeah i mean you're speaking to an uh recovering career tech ed teacher so <laughs> showing was everything right, right. everything yeah. my students did was show me um and either it was industry standard or it wasn't and if it wasn't here's what you need to do to make it and, and i think there's a lot to be learned from the career tech ed and arts side of school that sometimes we you know, every time there's a meeting, those teachers get, ah, eh, go over there. They, they have a lot to share, I think, sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. They are absolutely the masters of that. I have a couple questions that I always love to ask people because the answers are always fascinating. And one is, um, if you had a magic wand that you could wave and fix one big thing in the educational realm, irregardless of resources and, and whatever it would take, what would that, what would that one be, big thing be for you? Well, it is one thing that I think actually here at Hillbrook School, we do a really, really good job about. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be actually around professional learning um, compared to every other school I, I've worked at full time. Um, Hillbrook takes professional learning really seriously and we actually really fund it really seriously. Um, so I think that that my wand would be that teachers can go out in the world and get whatever professional development, whatever professional learning they want. Right, so that mm-hmm. that covers time out of the classroom. That covers all the costs, all the travel, um, all of that. You know, was, um, I'm doing a, a little ISTE throwback. I'm working with the folks over at ISTE. Um, mm-hmm. We're giving away a conference registration, and that that um, when they they said, "Hey, you know, we'd love to do that with you," I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, what I would have given from you know 2011 to 2014 to be able to get a free conference registration at ISTE like it was so hard for me to not mm-hmm. only like pay for my own conference registration but then like flights and hotel and food and all of that 
um, you know, if we could do that for every teacher, that would be incredible. And so, you know, like in this moment, you know, we're running that contest um, using the hashtag ISTE throwback. So at least, you know, one teacher will be able to, to at the very least, just get, you know, registration checked off their box. That's awesome. You know, I ask that question to most people I chat with, and that's the first time I think that's come up. I I love it because when you look at most of the highest ranking stuff for Hattie goes back to the teacher. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just really honoring um, teacher choice. You know, one thing that Mm -hmm. I absolutely love working at Hillbrook is that we we put student choice and engagement at the center of the school experience. And so for me as an administrator, not having that... um, day-to-day interaction with students all day every day um that's something i really think about you know how can i model that um Mm -hmm. putting faculty choice and engagement at at the center of of their day and i think that that giving them the choice and then actually funding that so that they can pursue the professional learning they want um it's it's really incredible you're uh you're pretty active on the social sphere and plugged in what do you see in the next you know not long, long term, but five to 10 years, do you see any interesting trends or things happening in education that really fire you up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that th- I'm definitely seeing an arc of, you know, a few years back, it was like, it was the, there's an app for that. And a lot of the, the conference sessions and conversations were like, have you heard of this app? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. You can do the thing. And then mm-hmm. um, it pivoted to like the pedagogy of like, you know, the thing, what can you do about it? Right. Has actually impact learning. How do you actually like yeah. do this? And like Q rocks our camp comes to mind where they're like, here's the thing. And here's how it actually will impact student learning. Um, and now I think we're at the point where we're actually starting to talk about. All right. We're we're not so much excited about like what device are you using? Or, like what app are you using on that device? I think it's like, how do we actually become a more inclusive community? Um, and so I'm, I'm already starting to see the, the shift in social media. It's something that that our school has been talking really seriously about for really the last five years um, is, you know, how do we have our schools be more diverse, more inclusive? Um, and so I'm actually super excited in um, July 1st. So where are we like a month and a half out? Our school yeah. um, is having its first full-time director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So Gulliver is going to be joining us. Um, and you know, that, that job's not going to be his to, to lead like oh we need to talk about diversity go see Gulliver it's going to be like he can actually lead the charge in a really thoughtful way where where everyone can really come on board and um and have like some real conversations have some hard conversations around how how schools and how communities can be more inclusive um it's not you know it's not a, it's not an ed tech thing and and you know we've talked a little bit about ISTE Ken Shelton's talking about that I saw him as a featured speaker uh he's calling it tech witty and so I think there's a lot of nice. overlap between equity and technology and, and education. Yeah. Well, I actually was talking with someone a couple of days ago and we started talking about diversity and it really, in education, our definition of diversity is pretty small. It's <laughs> not very wide because we, we care about a couple CalPADS reportable things here in California and that's diversity. And so to open that up and true learning diversity is, is huge and really important for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Into the long day. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time. If people want to connect with you, uh, what, what are a couple ways they can connect? Yeah, so I am Bill Selleck on all the things, S-E-L-A-K. 
Uh, I'm on the Twitters, as my mom calls it, and uh, Instagram mm-hmm. mostly. Uh, the other thing, if you want to hear a little bit more, I've been talking a lot about the amazing things we've been doing around uh, professional learning at Hillbrook. That account, um, and I know that that they would love uh, a little bit of love for the follow and some, you know, some sharing of their content. It's Hillbrook mm-hmm. CTE. It's the Center for Teaching Excellence, not to be confused with you know <laughs> career tech. Um, yep. Hillbrook CTE is that account. Uh, I'll occasionally tweet from that, and that's that's a really cool lens into the the adult learning at Hillbrook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast at Clark's Room. I do appreciate you spending a few minutes of your day with me. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share, subscribe, and like through your favorite podcast provider. If you want to find more information about Clark's Room, you can go to clarksroom.com. Find me on Twitter at Clark's Room or visit the new Patreon site, patreon.com slash Clark's Room.